this is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on the Black experience. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. My name is Tan Tuan Eng, and I'm the author of The House of Doors. The novelist W. Somerset Maugham is well known for plays, short stories, and novels he created in the early 1900s. He's also known for sourcing material from conversations with strangers while traveling, sometimes not even changing the person's name in the story. It was one of these stories in particular that captured the attention of novelist Tan Tuan Ang, whose new book, The House of Doors, reimagines a time in Maugham's life when he discovered the subject matter for his next work. I recently spoke with Tan Tuan Ang about Mom's private nature, capturing multiple perspectives on the page, and how he injected some imagination into the historic writer. From KMEW Studios, part of the NPR Podcast Network, this is Marginalia. So can you give us a brief description of The House of Doors? The House of Doors is set in Penang, 1910 and 1921, and concerns a visit of Somerset Maugham, a famous British writer, who goes to Penang to stay with his friend, uh, Robert and Leslie Hamlin, in their seaside home. Whilst there, he becomes friends with a couple and he starts to hear about a story which uh, is based on a real life murder trial uh, and which will form the basis of one of his most famous short stories, The Letter. So talk to me about W. Somerset Maugham. Um, you know, the type of writer he was, but also what prompted your interest in him? Well, Somerset Maugham was uh, probably one of the most successful short story writers and novelists of his age. Uh, he lived a very long time. Uh, when he first started traveling, he was traveling on steamships. And towards the end of his life, in his 90s, he was flying to Japan on jet planes. So he's seen the, the, the almost a span of the century. I was drawn to Somerset Maugham because when I was a teenager, I read one of his stories, The Letter. I found it compelling and gripping and utterly delicious. I was even more excited when I discovered that he had based it on this real-life murder trial which had taken place in Kuala Lumpur, the city where I was living and growing up in. Uh, so it's always been at the back of my mind to do something with this whole story. So the House of Doors is in some ways a reverse engineering of the letter, uh, an exploration of how Somerset Maugham came to write the letter. And were most of his stories like that, were most of them based on stories people had told him? Well, he was notorious for digging scandals out from the people he, he met on his travels and then writing them into his short stories, sometimes without even bothering to change their identities or even their names. So he angered a lot of people, but he also uh, created uh, this this whole world of, that I think is uniquely his, you know, uh, the travels in the Far East uh, and meeting all these British expats and, and writing about their, their, their weaknesses and failings. You know, in the book, in an exclusive interview that Malm gave to Leslie's brother, a journalist named Jeff Crosby, Malm was asked how he got people to trust him. And he said, a man is more willing to open up once you've revealed something personal, something shameful about yourself. If you want someone to confide in you, you must first offer him some private morsel of your own. But did Maum really hold up his end of the bargain? He was private, wasn't he? 
He was. He was. Uh, first of all, he was very shy uh, because of his stammer, a lifelong stammer, which rendered him quite awkward in social occasions. And in actual fact, in my research, I discovered that it was actually his secretary and his lover who was actually the one who got many of his stories, because Gerald Haxton, the secretary, was um, he was more outgoing and gregarious and sociable. So he was the one who got people to open up and, and reveal the, the secrets and scandals to him, which he would then tell Somerset Maugham. So in, in my novel, uh, I that's that's my my own invention, what, what he says to, to Leslie, because that's how I feel about getting people to open up. You have to offer something of yourself if you want something uh, private from, from other people. Talk to me about this research that you had to do on Malm himself. I mean, did he really want to put his footprints on every island in the South Sea? And did he really duck under doorways as though he was taller than he actually was? I think I read almost every biography of Somerset Maugham that's that's available. And I read many of his novels and short stories. So the picture that I painted is actually quite accurate of him. Um, the, the the thing you mentioned about uh, him ducking under the doorways to, to make himself look taller, I it's not him precisely. It's just something I've noticed about a number of people I know who are not that tall, <laughs> and I thought it would it would add a little. It would humanize him if if uh, if I added that element in. So it's uh, I find myself doing that sometimes to to give the impression that I'm taller as well. You know when I go. <laughs> I want to talk about the structure of the book for a minute because it's told from you know three different timelines, the 1910s, 1920s, and 1940s. And it's also told from um, two different perspectives. Willie's chapters are told from a third-person perspective, and Leslie's are in first person. And during a conversation between Willie, Leslie, and Robert, Robert said, all of us do it. We play with truth, mold it to the form that shows our best side to the world. You only hear one aspect of it. You never get the whole truth, the whole story. And since we're hearing Leslie's story from her perspective, how much should we rely on her narration? Is she molding the truth to fit? Well, of course she is. Uh, of course, <laughs> yes, of course she is. I think everybody does it. Uh, so, and also because she, she's talk, she's telling what she knows from her very restrictive point of view. You have to understand that she's not aware of what's happening outside her point of view. And that's the the structure I wanted from for, for the book because uh, Somerset Maugham is a, is a has traveled the world, so he's very worldly, he's very uh, sophisticated, uh, and hence his 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 chapters are told in the third person's point of view because that is wider. It gives a wider scope. Whereas with Leslie, I wanted it to be uh, very narrow, her point of view, very narrow, very restricted. Uh, so there's a there's a good contrast between their points of view. But even with uh, Somerset Maugham's chapters, I don't think you you can be wholly sure of, of how accurate or 100% uh, truthful he is. And I think that's all the same, same for all of us, every one of us. You, me, we do that all the time. You know, we 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 mold the truth. We mold what we think we to, to make ourselves look better to the world. So that's human nature, I think. I want to talk a bit about his writing because, as you said, he would he would talk to these um, expats and get them to confide and then share their stories, sometimes not even changing their names. And there was a conversation in the book between, I believe this was between Leslie and Willie, between Mom, who goes by Willie in this book. And he was saying, 
there has to be a love interest in the story um, because without a story without love, it just wouldn't work. But she was questioning whether he was a cynic or romantic because he writes about the human weaknesses that create these unhappy marriages, cowardice, fear, selfishness, pride, hypocrisy. And then he said all of these emotions are also found in love. Talk to me about how he would attack. Well, talk to me about that idea that these emotions are both um, so revealing about crumbling marriages, but also are part of love. Well, I think love is is is, is so complex. You know, it's not just it's not just love, and everything is is happy and nice and perfect. To to love somebody, you have to you have to really put up with 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 so many uh, complexities, so many of the imperfections of not just the other person, but yourself as well. And it goes both ways. The other person also has to, to deal with all these problems in order to find this, this connection. Um, that's why when you when you do find love, it is it is so it feels so wonderful because it, it's a sort of a, a surrender to 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 yourself and to the other person as well. So and there are there, there's a dark side to love as well, which is hypocrisy, which is uh, 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 untrustworthiness, uh, jealousy as well. I think jealousy is the worst thing to 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 have. So the moment you 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 you're jealous, it it just destroys everything. And Willie is he's seen the world, so he's very much aware of that. Uh, and that's why I think one of the reasons why his relationship with Gerald Haxon works is because there's no jealousy uh, between them. Uh, he lets Gerald. Uh, do what he wants, see whoever he wants, but he knows that Gerald will always come back to him. So Willie is, I think, you know, he's he's happier with Gerald than he he's happier in his own marriage because again, there are so many expectations in, in his own marriage. And the thing about uh, a story without love is not worth writing. I think it's true because if you look at all the novels that we still remember and 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 uh, love, it's always about love, isn't it? Uh, different aspects of love. And I think that's the only thing that will endure in literature if, if, the, if the book is about love. So talk to me about the time and the place of this novel. I mean, I know that some of the events in, occurred in 1910 and some in the 20s and some in the 40s. Was there much change between the decades in this time and place? No, because uh, time time moves slowly, more slowly in in uh, in Malaya in those days, so there there wasn't much change uh, in ten years re really because uh, in terms of um, societal change, I don't think there, there there was anything dramatic happening. Much of the change happened, I would say, after the Second World War. Uh, then society was really fractured. Um, even with with the end of the First World War, there was still the old world and the old way of life still existed, especially out in in the colonies where. The First World War had not really impacted upon those places. It's only after the, the Second World War where Japan came in and attacked uh, much of Asia that you, you saw the, the breakdown of the, uh, the old order. So the time frame between 1910 and 1921, it, it's it, nothing much has changed, uh, which made it easier for me to write because there's, there's less, uh, less uh, research to do, here, to be honest. One thing that I noticed as I was reading it, you know, at the, at the top of every page, the name of the book isn't there. The, I mean, the title of the book isn't at the top where you sometimes see yeah. in novels and, and your yeah. name isn't there, which you sometimes see in novels. And so I was completely immersed 
into Malm's world and had to remember that this was you telling this story, you telling his story. So, you know, in your acknowledgments, you you reference many of his stories that helped you write this book. But with this story, with the House of Doors, where does Malm end and Tan Tuan Ang begin? Well, they, I, that's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, to, for a writer writing about another writer is very tricky at best. Uh, the first question you ask yourself is, should I write in the voice of Somerset Maugham or could I even accomplish that? Um, the first draft, I did try to write like him, but I found that it wasn't working for me because uh, I wasn't him. So eventually I ab abandoned those those attempts and uh, just wrote it in my own way. Uh, a lot of his preoccupations or frustrations about being a writer are mine because I feel writers' frustrations are universal and, and uh, timeless. We're all worried about writer's block or, or the lack of royalties or why aren't uh, our publishers promoting us more or paying us more. I think it's the same everywhere. So a lot of the frustrations, his frustrations are, are mine. A, a lot of his joys as a writer are mine as well. And when, when the work is going well, it's the same, yeah. So I've tried to, I suppose I've tried to become somewhat more in, in his chapters uh, and the best, compliment I had was a few weeks ago, I had an email from a, uh, a lady and she said, we've never met, but my name is Siri and I'm Somerset Mom's great granddaughter. And I'm writing on behalf of my mother, his granddaughter, to tell you how much we've enjoyed the House of Doors. And to, and she, they thank me for uh, reviving interest in Somerset Mom and to, 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 to bring him back to the awareness of readers today. And they also said that it brought back so many memories for um, the granddaughter, Camilla, because she remembered going to Somerset Mom's villa in the south of France as a, as a child with, with her brother and how much they enjoyed it. Because contrary to the public perception of Somerset Mom's persona, which was grumpy and irritable and angry all the time, uh, they said that he was actually a very loving and doting grandfather. And they very kind as well. So that was a great email to receive. I, I was quite moved when, when I finished reading it. Yeah, that's amazing. And it made me yeah. remember that part in the book, whether it's fiction or not, where when he would read aloud to his daughter, his stammer would go away. Yes. Yeah, so really, I think that's what a lot of people suffering from a stammer discover, either when they're singing or when they're, they're reading aloud, that the stammer disappears for those moments. I want to talk a bit about craft and, and structure, because as we've mentioned, we, we, we tackle three different timelines and, and we go back and forth in time. And how, as a writer, did you construct this? Was it as we see it in the book or did you, did you know what had happened to Ethel and did you write those parts out and then just weave them together? I guess I'm, I'm just wondering, like, do you have timelines on your on your wall with <laughs> well no uh, post-it notes <laughs> i more or less wrote the way the, the novel is structured now um just a few of the chapters um i might have shifted them around um, some of the scenes for instance the uh, the night swimming scene uh with, with leslie and and somerset norm actually in the original uh draft uh took place much earlier um but uh, my editor said you know this this let let's see the air out of the back too too soon, so he wanted it towards the end. So we shifted that, uh, and I don't I I don't plot or plan my novels. I have no idea what what happens. I I I know how it begins and I know how it ends, how I want it to end. 
but getting from A to Z is is completely unknown territory for me. So it uh, it's a voyage of discovery for me as well. Uh, uh, and I enjoy it. I enjoy um, not knowing. You mentioned earlier that this is a reverse engineering of how that story came to be. If people read your book and then go back and read Maum's work, are we? is that going to change how we read his work? Well, I hope so, because uh, I, I see the letter and the House of Doors as uh, a pair of mirrors uh, reflecting each other. So watch if you've read the House of Doors first and then you go on and read the letter, it will affect your perception of the letter. And in return, it would also affect how you thought about the House of Doors. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. So the slightest change in the, in the angle would change everything again. Uh, and the, the effect I'm hoping to achieve is that in the end, the reader doesn't know which came first, which what is true and what is, what is fictional. Uh, just so uh, that that's the uh, effect I was, I was trying to achieve. You mentioned that you started publicity for this book over a year ago in September. How does how does that affect? I mean, if you're working on something now, do you have to stop completely so you can only live in the house of doors, or do you have to juggle your work? Well, I haven't written. Uh, I haven't worked on my new, my next novel uh, in in over a year because uh, from August to last year till May this year, I was one of the judges for the International Booker Prize, which is for trans uh, works translated from foreign languages into English. So the five of us judges had had to read 135 novels, which within the time frame, basically a book a day, more or less. And then when that finished, um, and, and while I was doing that, I had to deal with the, the edits for the House of Doors. And when when all my duties as a judge uh, were finished, uh, then the, the the promotional activities again kicked in for the House of Doors for the for the British edition. So basically, I haven't really written, uh, I haven't worked on my novel since since last year and that's why i'm quite keen to get back to it uh, after this my u.s book tour is over you know, i just want to get back to to um, writing my next book so your next book is a novel do you are you an author who um likes to talk about their work or do you want to keep it quiet mm, uh, <laughs> i i normally keep it quiet because I'm, i i i don't come up with ideas I'm not I'm not fertile with ideas. So when I have an idea, I tend to 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 hide hide the idea because I know a lot of writers steal ideas as well. You know? <laughs> so I'm always careful. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen uh, to other writers. So I'm quite careful about it. And also, I I'm the sort of writer who doesn't even talk about what I'm working on while I'm writing the book because I just feel that uh, it's it's like you're baking a cake. You know, I I don't want to. Look, I don't want you to tell me what you're doing. I just want to eat the final cake that comes out of the oven. So that that for me is is how I view the writing process as well. Well, the book is The House of Doors. Tan Tuan Eng, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I hope you all uh, enjoy reading The House of Doors. And please read the letter after that. You've enjoyed it too. That was Tan Tuan Eng, author of the book, the House of Doors, which was published by Bloomsbury. Marginalia was produced at KMUW Wichita and is part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Our editors are Luann Stevens and Haley Krausen. Our producers are Haley Krausen and Katie Lanning, and our marketing coordinator is Carly Cooper. This is Marginalia, and for KMUW, I'm Beth Golay.